Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. So glad that you chose to tune in today. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor at Calvary in Aurora. And uh, we get to be with you on a regular basis, talking about the things of God together. For the next hour, uh, the show really surrounds and revolves around your phone call. So give me a call, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number. And, you know, what's on your mind? Do you have a prayer request? Do you have a um, Bible question? Uh, what's on your mind? Now, the one thing, if you're new, if you're just tuning in for the first time, never heard Calvary Live before, uh, we're not like a, I don't want to say, I, I guess I'd say a traditional Bible answer show. We're not going to argue here. So it's not for the purposes of arguing. Uh, there are other avenues to do that. Um, this show won't uh, be going down that road. But instead, we want to mutually edify one another and build one another up. We want to turn to the Bible uh, for our answers and the things that are, you know, whatever questions come up, we want the the Bible to uh, to um, speak to the situation. We want to um, grow in the grace of God together. Uh, so give me a call, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000 is the number. Uh, so here's a text question because we do have you guys have saved the number so thank you 720 that if you want to text me a number we have a dedicated line uh, that you can text from any phone service uh, any you know it might cost I don't know what kind of texting plan you have but for us you can just send it in uh, it's three it's 720-336-0897 uh, some people say that the promises God gave to Israel were for Israel alone and that they won't apply to the church today how can we reconcile this with scripture? Well, this is a great question, and it has caused a lot of confusion among people, which is one of the reasons why we we have to study our word and know the Bible well. So let's talk about a few of the concerns that you would have. First of all, God did make specific promises to the nation of Israel. For example, one of the promises is that they would get a specific piece of territory, of land, of real estate, uh, what we know today as the nation of Israel, which is just a small part of the portion that God promised to the children of Israel. That promise was to the nation Israel as an entity. Uh, it's not for the church today. The church isn't given by promise uh, the land of Israel. And so on, we have to be careful in making distinctions of the, the truths of God's word when he makes a promise. Now, uh, when God makes a promise like, uh, let's say, let me look it up. I know the thoughts that I think towards you when he gives that in Jeremiah uh, 29, 11. 
He says, uh, for thus says the Lord, after 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you uh, and cause you to return to this place. That's a specific promise to the nation. And it's specific. It doesn't apply to you and me. Then he says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you a future and a hope. Now, that was given specifically to the nation of Israel, but it is a reflection of the character of God. And by being the reflection of the character of God, I love the phrase that Paul uses in uh, the book of Romans. He, uh, <clears throat> he speaks of this phrase, how much more. And Jesus actually uses this phrase as well. Um, if God so clothes the, gra- the grass, which today is in the field and tomorrow is thrown into heaven, or excuse me, thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O little faith? And, you know, in Romans chapter 11, verse 12, Paul says, now if their fall is riches for the world and their failure riches for the Gentiles, how much more their fullness? And so from the character and nature of God, the promises, all the promises of God in Jesus Christ are yes, and our response to them is amen, uh, that God's thoughts toward you are good in Christ Jesus. Uh, They're not evil in Christ Jesus. And so for the believer, some of these promises that reflect the character of God, not only in its specific interpretation were given to the nation of Israel, uh, or in this case, Judah, uh, however, that's the interpretation. However, the application by the principle of the character, the attributes of God that never change, how much more now in Christ Jesus? So you have to carefully use the Bible, but to blanketly say that the promises of Israel don't apply to the church today or don't, or don't apply to followers, it's better to say it this way. Um, the truth of God's character and nature is true to all followers in all dispensations or all time periods. But the best, God saved the best for last, if you will by faith in Jesus Christ and the fullness and sufficiency of his grace? Great question. Thanks for calling or texting. 303-690-3000. Let's go to line one. Anthony in Colorado Springs. Anthony, welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Ed. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? Good, good, man. I just want to... Thank you so much for your ministry and what you do for all of us. My wife and I listen to you faithfully, and we go to Rocky Mountain Calvary, so we've, we've got a, a chance to uh, worship with you and, and learn from you, and uh, just want to thank you so much for all that you do for us. Oh, you're welcome. What can I do for you, bro? Yeah, so, uh, you know, my dad and I, uh, my dad supports a ministry in Woodland Park, called Andrew Womack Ministries, and he yes. has a faith healing school. And, you know, for me, it just it just didn't set right with, you know, the whole naming and cleaning it movement, and I just wasn't sure if you were familiar with Andrew Womack um, and his teachings. And, you know, one of the things that really bothers me is, you know, my dad financially supports this ministry, and I... I almost feel like it's uh, kind of deceptive, like it, it gives people uh, hope in the, what they say or what their faith, you know, it's like putting faith in faith, and um, I just, 
I don't know. I, I've tried listening to him before, and it just feels very uncomfortable. It doesn't feel biblical. And wanted to know uh, if you had any insight or uh, experience with his ministry. You know, I do have an interesting connection with the Andrew Womack Ministries because we started on the radio here in Denver at the same time uh, on on another station in town, an AM station, uh, and like we we went on within the same year. And of course, our ministries went in different directions. And Andrew Womack is not um, a ministry I would support at all. Um, what you've sensed from his teaching is ex- is exactly correct. Uh, he is. Uh, someone that would be considered uh, within the word faith movement, uh, and I haven't heard him in a while. Uh, I don't. I don't have those stations on my TV anymore, and and I don't listen to that other station uh, any longer. And so I haven't heard him in a long time. But I I suspect that he hasn't changed his teaching. Uh, the word faith movement as a whole, I would reject. And anyone that subscribes to it, like that would teach it and want to take advantage of financially, like like guys like your like your dad. Um, we actually have an article on our website, uh, calvaryaurora.org, that I, I want to, I, I think um, Pastor Jason Vandenveer wrote it. It doesn't have a, uh, um, it doesn't have a signature on it, but I'm almost sure it was Pastor Jason wrote it. And, you know, it's a small summary. It's not, not the entirety of his ministry, but I would disagree with his theology. Um, I don't know him as a man uh, personally, but his teaching, I would disagree and not encourage. Okay, that helps. Yeah, I, you know, uh, you know, they you, you built this huge school, and there's all this money that they're getting, and they, they. My dad goes on about it almost like it's a blessing from God, and I said, "Well, look at the Vatican. I mean, not to put Catholicism down because I grew up Catholic, but just because a building has a lot of money doesn't necessarily mean that it's of God." And um, you know, I just kind of I feel like. You know, I even asked my dad, I kind of challenged him, because my dad suffers from uh, diabetes, and he actually has to give himself insulin twice a day. And, um, you know, I I said, okay, Dad, if it's true what Andrew's saying, then command your diabetes to leave your body, you know? And then he just doesn't say anything. He doesn't respond to that. And it's like, you know, of course I say it in love to my dad, but um, it's that whole teaching, like one of the things I heard Andrew say is, you know, if you have a tumor, you just speak to the tumor and to leave your body. And it's like, right. what? And, like, and the way it's all set up uh, is that, you know, your dad watches TV, uh, and, and my parents were getting older, they were watching TV too, and they're, so they do speak to the tumor, or they do speak to the diabetes, and it doesn't go. And so instead of, instead of the possibility that it's just a, such a rank false theology of false teaching it's your dad's fault because he doesn't have enough faith he doesn't give enough he doesn't whatever it might be and and that that whole i think i just i think our bounding grace just had a series on healing or we're going through the manifestations and you know this stuff ticks me off i just i just cannot i just can't take it it i i can't i don't i mean i'm i'm even tongue-tied i've never even met your dad but i'm like uh, I, I hate to hear of people being taken advantage of in their weakness when there's no, not only is there no biblical substance to this theology, but it's actually anti-Bible. It's an anti-Bible false teaching. It's not just a twisting or a mistake. This isn't just a mistake. This is willingly teaching false. It's not true. Yeah. 
yeah, it's, it is. I feel the same way. It, it's very frustrating, and you know, and you, you, I appreciate your teaching. I've been listening to it and following it. The gifts of the spirit. I think all of us believers out here, we really need to be hearing that and find out what our gifts are, so that we can, uh, you know, support the ministry and, and the kingdom of God. And and uh, I've never really uh, done the research on what my gift is until uh started listening to your teaching. So again, thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. Um, yeah, that's that's helping a lot. And I think I just caught the first half yesterday where you actually addressed it. You addressed the whole healing, uh, the gifts of healing, and you you were talking about the gifts and the, the plurality of it. And yes. uh, it's, it's awesome, man. And um, yeah, if, if we could pray, you know, for like my dad and all people out there that are just being deceived by these televangelists that are talking about sending in faith seeds and all that stuff. It's just, it's wrong, and, it, and it's sad. You know, I, I think that a lot more people need to wake up, number yes. one, getting into the Word and letting the Spirit speak to them and tell them the truth and not listen to what's on TV, you know? Yes. Let's do that. Uh, Father, we do pray that um, people like my brother's dad, like Anthony's dad, um, would not be taken advantage of by these false teachers. I saw that guy on the on TV again, Lord, and I know you, I know you saw him first. But that Peter Popoff guy giving free water, miracle healing water, on television, and um, it does uh, anger me to see people taken advantage of. We just declare to you, according to your word, God, in prayer, that you're the healer. Man doesn't heal. Uh, you're the healer. So that even if the instrument of man is used, it, man is not to get any credit. You don't. We, we don't teach men how to heal. Uh, we teach men how to submit to you, how to yield to you, how to trust you, how to recognize that even from our last sickness, from our last sickness, we will die. And, and, and death is always a reminder of the failure of sin. So we just pray against these false teachings. We pray, God, even though they're well-funded and a lot of money flowing through, God, uh, it means nothing. Um, only a true interpretation of your word means everything. And so, Lord, help us to, to, to walk. I mean, none of us have everything perfect. I acknowledge that. But help us to walk in a way where you're glorified, where you get the attention, and you're known as Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Ed. So let me give you a thought, and I, I don't want to. I, I know I'm going to sound sarcastic here, but uh, I'm not being sarcastic. I'm just being realistic. And you might even, you know, as you're talking to your dad, this might be something that you use. But you know, if these guys really believe what they teach, there's a couple things that I would suggest. Number one, instead of opening uh, healing schools in Woodland Park, why don't they close down every hospital in town? Why don't they just start going over? What is there? Uh, is there? There's this hospital I just visited. A patient, Penrose, is that a Colorado Springs hospital? Yes. Uh, yeah. So why don't they just go down to Penrose and start on uh, in the emergency room and just put that hospital out of business uh, because they're the gift of healing and take their team, take the class, everybody that learn how to heal, and let's just put the medical profession out of business um, if they really truly believe what they're teaching, number one. Number two, I've always found it strange that a person uh, in, on television would look me in the eye through the camera and say, um, 
you know, you, you need more faith to be healed and you need more faith to this and you need more faith. And there they are wearing glasses. Why are they wearing glasses? Why do they have contacts on? If they really have the gift of healing, why don't, why don't they just speak to their eyes? I mean, we're not even talking yeah. about major disease that would lead to death. We're just talking about why, why, you know, check their, let them check their records. Does, does Andrew Walmack have medical insurance? Um, I'm sure he does because that's a wise thing to do, but it's contrary to his teaching. And exactly. those are types of things that, that are very, very important. And I'm sure there's an answer. I'm sure, well, you know, God uses the medical profession. I, I know he does, but that's not what you teach when you're raising money. You don't read. You don't teach. Take your money to Kaiser and pay for a med- medication. You you say send me the check and speak to your tumor, and it's just foolishness. You know I'm. Now you got me all riled up, and it's the show's just starting. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I didn't mean to. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry, brother, but you know I think your dad is blessed to have you in his life, and and as you just continue to love on your dad and and minister to him, I think uh, God will use you. Uh, to help your dad see, because there's a there is a you know a sense of desperation perhaps in your dad or just it, you know they these guys peddle in false hope and if there's anything your dad wants is hope he wants strength for today and through his calamities and and instead of drawing people's hope to the true healer of God that even if we're not healed God is still God uh, he's still good Amen. he's still faithful. Uh, we're all going to die of our last sickness. You know, we're going to see him face to face. We, you know, I was listening to Pastor Chuck recently, Pastor Chuck Smith, uh, on on the Word for Today app, and um, he was sharing. He says, "I don't want to live to be a hundred years old. Uh, I, d- I don't want to live where my body is unable to take care of itself and animate itself. I don't want to live. You know, and he, I think he was working backwards, saying, I don't think I want to live till I'm ninety. And 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 he was just speaking to the reality of the brokenness of our bodies. Our bodies aren't getting better and better." They're getting worse and worse because they weren't meant to last forever. And any healing that we experience today, praise God for it, is only temporary. It's not eternal. Yeah. Yeah. That's for sure. Uh, okay, brother. Stuff, Thanks for calling, man. Yeah, thank Keep you. Keep us up and to date. Hey, can I get that, uh, the website and the article again, please? Yes, go to our website, calvaryaurora.org. Okay. And then in the search button up top on the right-hand side, put in the last name Womack. It's W-O-M-M-A-C-K. And then that article will pop up. Perfect. We have a very large apologetic section on different topics, and that's one of the articles. I'm I'm almost sure Jason Vandeveer wrote it, but like I said, it's not signed. Okay. Right on, man. Thank you so much again for all you do. I love you, Pastor Ed. You're welcome, brother. Grateful to serve you. Bye-bye. All right, let's move right on. The line number two is Alicia in Denver, Colorado. Alicia, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. So I have uh, uh, an advice to ask. So I've been working with this company for, for the longest, and um the CEO that hired me really um um enjoy what I do with my staff like I teach other teachers and um yesterday night I had this dream uh, it's weird <laughs> 
but this morning it it was revealed to me as if I was in the dream again. So um, I saw a lot of things was happening. Like um, I was supposed to talk to someone, and then my um, my seat was shifted in the back. And this morning. Um, my CEO came to me and said, well, you need to remove your stuff out of your office because we need your office as a space, like a storage. But no one ever spoke to me about it. Okay. And, yeah, and lately I've been, like, uh, I don't know if it's, like, I probably the Holy Spirit tells me because I I always tend to feel when people change their demeanor with me. Like, yes. as if they don't have to talk to me, but just by the way their expression or uh, the way they come across, like the way they approach me. The guy was very friendly at first, and now all of a sudden he's very cold with me. So now I'm just like, okay, should I talk to him about it, or um, should I just leave it alone? <laughs> it's just like, for me, I'm very blunt, and I like sure. things being directive. But yes. now it's just feel like I, I've been blindsided and no one spoke to me about anything. Well, there is a biblical principle that, that comes into play here. The Bible says, uh, within the church family, if your brother sins against you, go to him, you and him alone, share the matter with them, and then if they hear you, you've won your brother. And and of course, in the workplace, we're not necessarily dealing with, with things within the church family, but it's always good to go and talk to someone in a loving way, in a kind way, with open-ended questions uh, to find out so you can get it off your chest. Uh, for example, you know, if, if you were to go to your to this person, I wouldn't go, why did you take me out of my office? I wouldn't do that. Yeah. I would say, um, you know, hey, I appreciate you spending some time with me. I don't quite understand uh, what happened the other day when I was asked to leave my office. Can you help me understand? Uh, uh, what, what happened? How, how can you help me understand uh, what happened? You know, something along the lines where you're not being, you're not coming at them, you're not trying to cause a fight, uh, but you're just simply wanting information. I don't think it's bad to ask. Yes, uh, that's what I, I, my husband told me. But at the same time, uh, I mean, it's not only me that's in the leadership. There's also another person, a lady, which ahead of me, um, she's the executive director, and I feel like, uh, like when decisions are being made. Like, I never know about it when I'm, like, responsible for the school education. And then when he asks me, and I'm like, okay, I'm sorry, I don't know anything about that. Or when I want to ask him, okay, why this decision was made and then I wasn't part of it, he kind of, like, tell me, oh, go to that person. And when I go to that person, it's like, okay, they're playing back and forth. So it has been like that for almost six months. And now this decision is being made, and I'm like, okay, it, it was there was there something that I wasn't warned about it, or did I do something wrong? Like it's just that I I don't do well with pettiness. I rather someone just tell me, hey, Alicia, you did this. This is the sure. decision we've been made, and we're just sorry. This is what we're gonna go with, rather than just do things in the dark and then I find out that, um, later about it. Well, and I think I think that that's part of the that's part of the human condition. You know, we don't always get the answers we want. Uh, we don't always get things resolved, uh, but we can do to the best of our ability uh, what we can. You know, we'll do what we can to be faithful to the Lord, and then we just trust it all to Him. 
And if we don't get the answers and they're doing the run around, then just be faithful in your job. And, and it could be through a series of events that the Lord is telling you to move on and go somewhere else. That's always a possibility too. And like I tell my kids uh, and I tell folks, it's always good to look for a job while you still have one. And so don't just up and quit and you know throw your arms up. And of course, you're married, so you want to be in prayer with your husband. But you may not, you know, you're walking into this, Alicia, as you well know, you may not get what you're looking for, but at least you were faithful and you got it off your chest. True. So can you pray for me? Because I'm thinking tomorrow that I will talk to my CEO about this and hopefully God put words in my mouth that I don't just put my foot in my mouth. <laughs> I agree. We don't, we don't like it. Uh, I have put my, sometimes there's no more room in my mouth because both feet are in it and I don't <laughs> like that. I feel, I feel really dumb when I make those mistakes. So Father, I pray for Alicia as she truly wants to be that godly woman uh, walking into uh, walking into the wisdom uh, that you have given uh, and not just her own opinion and her own um, you know just her attitude um, and so Lord we just we ask that you would lead her and guide her and strengthen her um, in Jesus name amen amen thank you pastor Ed have a great night Yes, thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000 is the number. Taking your calls and your questions. Um, we're coming up on, let's see. Go ahead. Let's go to line three in Highlands Ranches. Irma, Irma, welcome to the program. Thank you, Pastor. Um I just wanted to comment on the uh, brother that was talking about uh, Andrew's ministry and a friend of mine and the pastor that does um, mission for these refugees. And she had cancer, and they were always going there and, and teachings and this and that. And... My friend has passed away, was doing all that he was telling her and everything, but he passed away. So I just want to encourage people not to support anything or solely depend on him and stuff like that because uh, it's not right. It's not right for them to do that. And I am also want a prayer for the son, who is also a youth pastor, and the the husband that they are doing this ministry, helping these refugees, teaching them the word of God, that they should have uh, faith in God and God alone, and just continue with their job. Because what Barbara left behind is kind of slacking. It's not even a month, but it's slacking. These girls are going wayward and stuff like that. So I need prayer for my friend, uh, son, okay, and let's do that. husband that he has left behind. Let's do that. Lord, we just mm. ask uh, for this blessing upon this refugee ministry, and uh, uh, you know what purposes uh, that you want to accomplish through them, and it's a very difficult uh, ministry, as you well know, Lord. I mean, you know all the complexities behind it, and so we just ask that you would open and pave the way for a fresh work of your Holy Spirit so that there would be great blessing 
uh, helping settle people that are unsettled and even homeless to some degree. And so I pray for my sister Irma. May you encourage her as she continues, um, you know, the uh, con- con- continues to encourage others. And of course, um, the loss of life and the the grieving and the sorrow, Lord, is very very hard. And so we pray, God, that you would reveal yourself um, in a very real way. Uh, the that that you are the God of all comfort, who comforts yes. us in all our tribulation. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you, Irma. Bye bye. Thank you, Pastor, and for all your good You're work, welcome. everybody. Bye bye. Thanks. Alrighty. 303-690-3000 is the number. We've got an open line, and actually we have a couple open lines. Uh, so give us a call. Uh, text me, 720-336-0897, and uh, we'll be back in just a moment. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back everyone to the second half of today's program. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your question. Um, it's good to, to have you um, join us. 303 uh, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. I was doing another radio show on another radio station yesterday, and the number stuck in my head. So let me make sure I use the right number as you guys are listening on Hope FM, listening on Truth FM, listening over in Northern California, of course, online at Grace FM. Call me. Now remember, uh, you guys on Grace FM, you're listening live, so you can call in. We'll talk live. Uh, and then if you're listening anywhere else on any other station, you're listening to this at a one-week delay. So all that means is you will call in t- while the show's on the air. Call in. You'll speak live. Everyone in the, uh, the Colorado area will hear your c- call live, but you won't hear it on the radio until next week, which is kind of cool because then you can tune in and hear yourself on the radio. And, uh, and so, um, this is, um, the show where you get to call in, text me 720-336-0897. Had a great question that came in on texting and I hope this person calls in. I really like to talk to them. What if people were to say things against Calvary's like they're a cult? And I answered by text, uh, we'd have to examine their concerns one by one and compare with the reality. The Bible says, test all things and hold fast to what is good call and I'd love to chat about it. And the response was, Mr. Womack teaches things from the Bible, not just healing stuff. And and because, so so the question directly to Andrew Womack was his teachings on healing, and they're completely wrong. And uh, much of his uh, word of faith theology, or much of the theology that surrounds this is wrong. And so we can compare it with the scriptures. I mean, if he teaches of the sufficiency of Jesus Christ's blood and his the cross and resurrection, I would agree with that t- part of the teaching. But just like, you know, to throw the, the you should call. I'm going to text you back. Please call because I'd like to talk to you. Um, it would be great. This is a great way to dialogue over these things. You don't have to agree, um, but your your point of view could be very valuable uh, but not by texting, because texting doesn't provide the opportunity to really dialogue and get your point out there. Um, 
So uh, let's get back to the phone lines. We've got somebody in Philadelphia waiting patiently. It is Dan in Pennsylvania. Dan, welcome to the program. Hey, it's in Harrisburg, central Pennsylvania. Fantastic. Uh, How you doing? Welcome to the program. Good, good. Um, yeah, I have uh, uh, five remaining children, and I, I love them dearly. And one of them is, they're all really smart. They're tough kids. And one of them, he's, he's a senior in college, and he's into math and computers and all that. And okay. he says, if one statement is true and there's another one that's contradictory, they can't both be true, right? That's, okay. that's logic, right? Okay. And so he said that in Leviticus chapter 11, Moses de- you know, declares what foods are clean and what foods are unclean, right? You familiar okay. with that? I am. Okay. And then Mark, I believe it's chapter 7, right? Jesus was talking to, I think it was the Pharisees, when they, <clears throat> when they were, like, upset that the disciples didn't wash their hands, right? And then Jesus said, it's not what goes into a man that defiles him, it's what comes out of a man, for out of the heart proceed, like, adultery, fornication, covetousness, evil thoughts. And then it says, Thus Jesus declared all foods clean. I don't know if yes. you could look it up. Yeah, let I'm me. Sure um, I'm familiar with the passage. Let's okay. Let's see. And you know, so, we would we we would even have that. Um, let's see. We would even have that uh, later in um, in the Book of Acts. Remember, Peter receives this vision of unclean animals. He wakes up. He says, "There's no way I'm going to eat that." And then God's response was, "What God is called clean, let no man call unclean." And so he's doing the same thing. Um, in in a right. relationship with Peter, sure. Right. So then, so then my son says, "Well, if Moses was true, then Jesus can't be true. Or yeah. if Jesus is true, then Moses can't be true because they contradict each other." Well, that that's on a simplistic so basis using using that kind of logic. You know, if A uh, doesn't equal B. Uh, you know, A says A and B says B, and they don't equal each other on a simplistic, a logical statement. Uh, he could be accurate, but what he's missing is context. What he's missing is context. For example, a uh, very smart man, uh, he works for company ABC. ABC has a rule that says, don't do this. Uh, and they, they, they had the rule in 1950. And in 1950, it was very accurate. Uh, don't read magazines, uh, you know, while you're working. Today, the rule is don't surf the internet while you're working. Um, the, there's a progressiveness of time in that simple illustration that he, he wouldn't quit his job and go, wait a minute, you know, I can read magazines because your thing says, uh, don't follow Google. No, there's a progression that the company says, look, the intent of that is to not do your own personal work. You're being paid to work. Um, now let's pull back from the scriptures. There's no contradiction because we have different time periods of God dealing with man. Uh, and what Leviticus 11 refers to is the the Judaic the the if like for example if you chose to to follow God under Judaism today Leviticus 11 would apply to you it would still be true it's not untrue um, these are the animals that were dictated by God um, to be clean and unclean for this new fledgling nation that's leaving Egypt. Uh, it's to keep them healthy. It's to keep them strong. It's to keep them protected from the pagan diseases around them. Uh, if you and I chose to go backwards into Judaism, Leviticus 11 would still be true and applicable. However, 
if you truly worship God through Judaism, you'd be looking for the Messiah. And Messiah promised to be a fulfillment of the law. And so now by faith in Jesus Christ, a greater law applies. And the greater law is that by faith in Jesus Christ, you fulfill the dietary restrictions of the old covenant. Uh, why? Because Jesus perfect once for all sacrifice. And so my, if I had the chance to talk with your son, uh, I would say, well, well, what difference does Jesus Christ make in terms of the Bible? Because that's an epic monumental event. What difference does Jesus' death and resurrection make when it comes to the entirety of Judaism? Can you be both an adherence of Judaism and a, and a born-again believer in Jesus Christ? And he'd have to say no to that uh, because they're, they, they, they aren't the same. Judaism's fulfillment is found in Messiah, who's in Jesus Christ. Wait, so it's not wait, quite wait, A-B wait, as your son suggests. Jewish, Jewish. You're telling me I can't be Jewish and follow Jesus? Of course you can. I'm telling you, you Jewish. can't adhere to the... You can't adhere to the Judy to Judaism. Yeah, I'm telling you that you can't adhere well, to Judaism and be born to again. To some extent, you can. To some extent, you can. Of course, you can. Paul did. You can right? choose. You can choose. Exter- you you. Well, let's let's uh, let's let's come back because that's a very important distinction. Either you believe in Jesus Christ and His finished work for your salvation, or you don't. And if you go back, the whole book of Hebrews was written specifically to people who wanted to leave Jesus Christ and go back to Judaism. There's a strong distinction made between the religion of Judaism and as, as as a sufficient means of salvation. So for example, if you chose today, let's just say I use your logic, you go, Ed, I'm going to, I'm going to be, I'm going to, uh, it's not Jewish because that's, that's a national identity. So don't confuse Judaism with ju- being Jewish uh, because obviously you can be Jewish and a believer in Jesus Christ. We're talking about the system of religion that God instituted for the children of Israel. If you go back and follow Judaism today, where will your sacrifice be? Where's the temple? Okay. Yeah. That's why I said to a certain extent you can't. Well, you can follow. You can follow. I mean, you you, you can follow. choose to eat a certain way, but not for salvation. So the answer is no. You can't in a certain way. Uh, you you either believe in Jesus Christ for your forgiveness of your sins and trust Him fully in His finished work, or you don't. You can't have so, a mixture. But but what he's saying is, you know, like like what you said in the beginning. Like you <clears throat> said, like mathematically, you know, like if A equals B, then you know, like. B can't, and C doesn't equal B, then, you know, they can't, you can't have two, the law of non-contradiction, you know what I'm saying? Right, but there's no contradiction, because it's the, what Jesus says is the fulfillment of the hope of everyone that reads a Leviticus 11. There's no Wait, contradiction. Moses, it's Moses the fulfillment. Moses declared the foods un, unclean, and Jesus said they were clean. Remember so the context. It can't, it can't Rem- just be because time has lapsed that no. now they're clean, you know, because because otherwise, you know, you could say, oh, well, culturally, you know, today it's homosexuality is acceptable, and time nope. has lapsed since th- that time. You're not, so, you know, you're not, you're not, not you're not working, you're not listening. I, I'm not sure how, how well you're listening. The context, if you're a, if you are following Judaism, being delivered from the, from, from Egypt out of bondage. And you are you you are following Judaism as the means of your salvation until the promised Messiah, then foods are unclean. 
you come to to the and this is religiously right you come to because for a pagan those for a pagan were those were those animals clean or unclean to a pagan you mean a gentile right yeah a, a non-jewish person a non-proselyte were they clean or unclean in their philosophy of life they were, they were clean yeah they were nothing didn't none of that meant anything it was right. within the context. I think with your son, you know, it's, if if it was just that easy, then then the then the difference between the old covenant and the new covenant, you've got these supposed contradictions everywhere. But it's not that easy because we're talking about a relationship with God, and God defines relationship. He's the one that defines it, not you and not me. And so, when God in human flesh declares a food to be clean, is it clean? I mean, I agree with you. I no, no. Yes, I'm, I mean, yes. But he, talk, he, just say I'm your son's listening to me right now. And I think he has a valid point. And and it's I don't know I don't know what to I don't know what to say back to him. You, you know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, I'm sharing with you what God, to say, so say back to him. If he says those foods are clean, they're clean. That's that's what I think. But yes, if he but, wants to dialogue about it, he have him call me and we can talk. Because it's not as simple. It's not as simple as he's reduced it to. It's not that okay. simple. So, but the real question is this. So let's set aside, you know, how we work through this. Let's just set that aside for a second. And let's say your sons, the three of us are at the dinner table. I would, if he's really seeking the truth on the Bible here, we'll set aside this clean and unclean thing just for a moment. And okay. we, we have to, he has to, he has to answer and, cons- and consider this question. So he's asked this question. He's not happy with my answer. And that's okay. Now I'm going to ask him a question because it's my turn. What significance does the death, resurrection, uh, and ascension of Jesus Christ make and bear upon the scriptures? And that will open up a dialogue to say, look, even if you wrestle with things because your mind um, is such a smart, intelligent mind that it's easy for you to think logically, because I mean, think about this, um, the Bible blows logic out of the water all the time, doesn't it? You know, how is it possible for a blind man to be healed? Uh, logically, yeah, that doesn't make for sense. Jesus to rise from the dead. Yes, That's I mean, impossible. so So as we set that aside and your son, you know, really wants to dialogue, I think that they, the Bible has an answer for him, even though he's super intelligent, you know, because God, God's super intelligent. And so he, he gave your son that mind. But the reality is this, what's the significance of the death, resurrection, and, and ascension of Jesus Christ, does that make a difference on the panorama of, of human history? And if he says yes, which I would hope he would, then we have to ask, well, what? What difference does the Lamb of God that take away the sin of the world, what difference does that make? Because with his same logic, we should still be taking sacrifices into the temple. Because right. now Jesus is the one sacrifice, but previously under Judaism, remember context. That's the umbrella. That's the tent. We context is everything. Um, that that the the law of God meant n- absolutely nothing to people that did not surrender their lives to God. It meant means nothing. Right. Just like when we preach the gospel today, there's no bearing. Nobody him, cares about what the Bible says. I told him that that was a ceremonial law. You know what I'm saying? And then he said, "Yeah, but it says it's <clears throat> a, an everlasting statute." perpetual statute throughout all generations. And it is because Jesus fulfilled it. He fulfilled the requirements of the law, something that your son couldn't do, that I couldn't do, that you couldn't do. 
And so it doesn't negate the reality of God's not when when Jesus comes and that's I'm glad that you add that. So when Jesus comes and says I fulfilled it and all things are clean, he is not at the same time negating the law. We need the law. Without the law, we would never understand our condition before God. But the law is no longer a means by which we are made right with God. But Leviticus 11 is still true. It hasn't changed. Jesus yeah, fulfilled I told, it. I told him that in Galatians chapter 3, <clears throat> right, it talks about being justified by faith. And it goes back to um, <clears throat> God declaring to a- Abraham him being righteous. And then, um, and then um, it's not just one promise that it refers to. In, in one time it says promise, then another time it says promises, because it even refers to the first time when, it, when he says that I will make you a blessing to all the nations of the world. That was, the fir- that was before he said your faith, you, he believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. The first promise was that in his seed all the nations of the world be, would be blessed, and it said that he preached the gospel to him beforehand, then. You know what I'm saying? So the promise came first. Go ahead. No, I, I do. I'm, I'm following along with you. I agree. You know, yeah, I, I think told going... him that, you know, like he's trying to say that Moses said this first, and, it, and so this was first, and then I said, no, actually, the, salvation was always by faith in the Messiah, even before Moses. You know, I said that salvation has never changed. You were saved to, in that day the same way that you're saved today. They were saved by yes. faith, by grace through faith in the Messiah, believing in him to come. To come. And we're yes. saved by faith, believing in yeah. him that came. That's what I told Brother, you. Brother, let me tell you something. Your son is blessed to have you in his life because <sighs> you're giving him solid biblical answers to a season in his life where he's reduced. Uh, the significance of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ to simply logic. And, you know, the issue in his life really isn't a logical one. I know you know that. It's not a yeah. logical one. It's a moral one. There, there, is, yeah. there is a moral resistance that he has, that every one of us really have to some degree, yeah. against, the, against the love and mercy and grace of God. And so as you continue to plant these seeds in him and show him unconditional love and, and have these lively dialogues, uh, God is going to use you. He is using you, not going to. He is using you, and your kids uh, are blessed to have you in their life. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Big time. All this right, is a my good brother, conversation. I'm going to see if I can uh, get him to call, and, and I'll yes. talk to him. And, and here's the pray. thing. Lord, I thank here's, you for this brother, and I ask you to bless Lord. him, give him wisdom. Thank you. Lord, I pray that many people would come closer to you. Help us, God, in thank Jesus' you, name. Amen. Thank you, my Amen. brother. Let, let me ask you a question before you hang up. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say your your son is an adult right now. Am I correct? He's 21. Yeah. Okay. Are you? And it's Christmas time coming up. Will you buy him underwear or diapers? Underwear, of course. You'll put package <laughs> that underwear. You'll put them under the the under the under the tree, and he'll open them, and he'll say, "Dad, what a contradiction this is. Why don't you buy me diapers anymore?" You know that I've worn diapers before. You know that when I was a kid, uh, that that diapers were the answer, and now you buy me underwear. What gives? And 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 that sounds silly, but wasn't there a time 
when diapers were appropriate for your son, and now they're no longer appropriate. And that's a very rudimentary thought for your son to say, look, son, I'm not contradicting. You need your bottom covered. And there was a time in your life when your bottom needed to be covered with diapers, but you're not there anymore. It would actually be an insult to you to buy you diapers at this age. You, you would be very angry with me. I'm not contradicting myself. I'm actually fulfilling the same thing. Your bottom needs to be covered and I'm acting appropriately. And it doesn't take away that when you were two years old, you needed diapers. That is the significance of the need for the law. He's always going to need, and when he's 80 years old, he will. it will be an uh, eternal uh, truth that when he was two, he needed diapers. That will never change. It's yeah. true. And so the law wow. has its place. It was a schoolmaster, but now we have faith in Jesus Christ, and he declares by faith in him, all foods are clear, clean. Um, how can I listen to this again, not on radio, because I only get this when I'm in Harrisburg. I live like yes. an hour away. Is it, can so I we, stream this? Can I listen to it on the radio, or, or can I get it played back or something? You can. We actually podcast it, and so if you go to your whatever, you know, iTunes podcasting, and look up Calvary Live, uh, you'll be able to podcast it. And if Calvary. you have a hard time finding it, Email us, and we'll find it for you. And what should I... You can um, email us email. through our website at gracefm.com. And then just yeah, email let me, that, let me just and, then, check. and then I'll ask for... And what... what it's, yeah. This is um, the 24th? What day is today? Today is the 26th. Let me just see if we have the podcast up. If we don't, I'm going to ask these guys to add a link for podcasting. Let me see here. Um, I, I don't see it, but we'll have to add a link here, just a quick link for the podcast. And that way you can just go to the website and click and subscribe to it. Uh, but it should be posted within... Um, Within a um, within a week, within a couple of days. Okay, thanks. God bless you, my brother. What's your name? See you, bro. Bye bye. My name is Ed. Okay. Thanks, Ed. God bless you. Bye. All right. Bye bye. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Fascinating discussion. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, which reminds me, you know, thinking about the brother who is in Pennsylvania, only hears us when he's in Harrisburg, um, isn't familiar with the show or with the host and. Um, any of that, which is awesome. I love it. So he's listening on Hope FM. Uh, you just So it reminds me to say, uh, you just never know who's listening and how they're listening. So check this out. <laughs> I got a text. Pastor Ed, I'm a police officer. And recently, I arrested a person who was in the midst of a drug-related incident. Only thing I found interesting, one thing I found interesting was that this person was listening to 89.7 in the midst of their crisis. Please... Uh, know that this radio station is having impact with people who very much need it. No need to uh, read this on the air. Oh, I'm sorry. I did read it because I just thought it fit so well. Like the radio, God uses radio still to this day. Uh, I know technology is is abounding and we try to harness it uh, and we will. Uh, and um, I just thought, hey man, the dude's getting arrested. He's involved in something he shouldn't be involved. And the Holy Spirit is going to bring him back to a place of repentance. 
All right, Joe in Colorado Springs, welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Ed. Hey, I was wondering if, if you could just kind of quickly explain in the Bible when Jesus refers to himself as the Son of Man. Yeah. So remember, uh, there's maybe, I don't know, 100 times or so this phrase is used, uh, and it actually comes to us from the Old Testament in Daniel chapter 7, uh, when he saw one like the Son of Man, uh, Daniel 7. It's a messianic title, um, one that refers to Jesus being given dominion over a kingdom. And also it reminds us that the, it's a title, Son of Man. It, it's a phrase, it's a title. It also reminds us of the um, duality of the nature of Jesus, that he was both God and man. Uh, so it's a messianic title, uh, going back to Daniel 7, but it's also a reminder that Jesus wasn't just God, the second person of the Trinity, but he was also man at the same time. Okay. Does, does that have anything to do with like being the second Adam or anything like that? Well, the second Adam, you know, is is a is a phrase that that would reflect of the superseding of Jesus over the failure of Adam, uh, but it's not really tied together necessarily with that. Um, but Jesus could never be the second Adam if he wasn't fully human. Um, so it could speak to the, his humanity, but usually when you're seeing that phrase, um, it's 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 in reference to one of those two things. And the the second Adam uh, is actually something separate of Jesus superseding all the failure of Adam. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you, Pastor Ed. Great question. Thanks for calling. Yeah, bye. 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 Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Laura, wow, we get all these Colorado Springs questions. It's awesome. Laura, Colorado Springs, welcome to the program. Hey, Laura, are you with us? Ah, oh, bummer. Sorry, uh, you're not there. Let's go to line one. Maddie calling in Castle Rock. Maddie, welcome to the program. Hi, Ed. Hi. Uh, how how, how you doing? I, I'm doing great. How can I help you? Um, I'm just calling with a prayer request. So my husband and I are separated right now. We've been separated um, since March. So uh, we're going through going through a lot, and it's kind of really all on his terms. I just keep hoping that it's going to work out. So I'm trying to, you know, pray that we both continue along the right path and that um, we would really just start to use the things that we have in front of us. So like I've suggested, counseling and stuff like that. And his heart doesn't really seem open to it at this point. So just prayer for that and that we can save our marriage. Let's do that. Father, we do pray for this challenging time in this marriage. Um, and I do know that uh, marriages do go through challenging times. And I just pray that Maddie's husband would come to a place of surrender, uh, that, that he would hold out uh, hope in um, reconciling and doing what's right and um, putting in the energy and the effort to, um, to stand in the gap. Um, I pray, God, that um, Maddie would be patient as she, she draws near to you through this, uh, that you would um, strengthen her as she waits, that she wouldn't be, give up. And, and even, Lord, in the vulnerable place that Maddie and her husband are in right now, I pray you would protect them from some Yahoo that would want to come and hurt them, uh, flirt with them, take advantage of this difficulty, take advantage of their vulnerability, and you would give them the strength to resist 
Uh, you would give them the strength to stay pure to you, God, uh, while they wait. Uh, and and Maddie, God, that you would uh, encourage her and comfort her uh, in the reality of this difficult situation. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Ed. And maybe I shouldn't say this. I know we're not supposed to have favorites, but you're my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't God good? We'll go together to the cross so that Jesus can be our favorite. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. God bless you, Ed. All right. Bye-bye. Well, we're coming up to the end of today's program. I appreciate everybody that's participated and uh, from Colorado Springs, Castle Rock, you know, Philadelphia, or excuse me, Harrisburg, um, Grateful Highlands Ranch, Denver. Such a, a great opportunity. Um, we, we take it for granted because it's here every day and we get to tune in every day and we get to stream every day. But God uh, providing Grace FM is, um, is a great gift to our community and we're grateful to be stewards of it. Pray for us. Um, if you would, please give financially to Grace FM. You can go to gracefm.com and click the donate button. And please give. Uh, there are hard bills to pay, like you know, electricity and telephone bills and computers, electronics, personnel, uh, licenses. Oh my goodness, licenses are, are astronomical for radio stations. So um, finances are always appreciated. You donate to Grace FM, it will go to Grace FM and continue to keep it on the air. Uh, we're not a business. We're not a corporation. You can tell we don't have commercials. Um, we're a church ministry, uh, and we're grateful to be that. But uh, thanks. See you at church tonight. We'll be at Calvary Aurora, 7 o'clock, 2 Kings. Uh, looking forward to all that the Lord has in store for us. See you tonight, calvaryaurora.org. been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.